0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. We talk free agency. As of showtime, the Cardinals have signed 15 players, including six new faces. A lot of the moves have been centered along the line of scrimmage, which is smart. None of the moves, though, have grabbed the headlines. But that was to be expected. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 641, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. to Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit accardinalscom slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! <laughs> Here's Craig Grealoux. So, how are you at answering questions? We know you are phenomenal at asking the question, but what about answering questions?
1: I'm nervous as to why you're asking me (laughs) this.
0: Specifically, fan questions.
1: I'm still nervous as to why you're asking me this, Craig.
0: All right. This week's mailbag that our colleague Darren Urban does each and every week, there was a question asked that caught my attention, and it should Catch yours after I relay it here on Cardinals Cover 2. All right. Quincy Gray asked five different questions, rapid fire. The third question, so I'm, I'm pretty confident that where we rank, that it was the third question of five. All right, this was the question. To Darren, when are you going on vacation, and are you going to have a guest mailbagger for that week? Those are always fun. Darren's response, potentially, we will have a guest mailbagger. Maybe Craig Riolu, Danny Sarek, we'll have to see.
1: I saw that. Is he going to at least ask us if we'd be interested? Exactly. We
0: were just volunteered for something that maybe we're not comfortable or just, I don't know. I don't know how to take this.
1: Well, you sit on the third floor with and You're going to have to have a word with him.
0: I mean, is this part of my job duty? Is this part of my... Other description as far as other duties as assigned.
1: Taking orders from Darren Irvin? Yeah. I sure hope not. So I don't know. But if we have to, we'll fill in. Okay. Maybe we'll tag team.
0: There up. you go. Maybe a tag team. All right.
1: We could help out.
0: Because we're like we're we're more the the asking of the questions. Yes. Not answering.
1: I will say I I feel I, I did see the mailbag. I just didn't know that's where you were going. I was nervous about what kind of questions you were going to ask me. Never. I know. I feel good now though.
0: All right. Speaking of questions, people, i.e. fans and some media, questioning the Cardinals' approach to free agency. To which I respond, Danny, why?
1: Why? Thank you, Craig. I feel the same way, but let's hear you first.
0: All right, because I went back and I remember what Monty Austin Ford said at his introductory press conference. Because while we have not specifically been told what the plan is or what the idea is... But go back to when Monty was introduced. Quote, we're trying to build a sustainable program here. This is not a short-term fix. Then he added this. We're building this for the extended championship teams as we move forward. End quote. That, to me, tells, well, should tell everyone what the plan is this free agency period.
1: There are so many areas that need to be addressed. I understand why fans want the flashy signings. They want to see more of those J.J. Watt free agency news. I get that. But the Cardinals have so many needs to fill that how can you expect them to get a veteran player at a caliber like J.J. Watt, or even, no, I would say since he was later in his career, a caliber of J.J. Watt, and pay that price when you have so many other areas you need to address. And the Cardinals have found themselves in a sticky situation of having 30-plus free agents when the new league year started, and a lot of that was really veteran-heavy. And it really didn't benefit the Cardinals the way they had hoped, having specifically on offense such a veteran-heavy offense. There were so many injuries. There just wasn't a lot of chemistry. People weren't on the field at the same time. So there. it doesn't make sense to me why you would expect to see any of those big players signing with the Cardinals, because when you look at the cap space and like you're talking about Craig, not just doing it in the sense of we are so close. We just need a few pieces. We can afford to do that this year and worry about the cap space later. You have to start thinking two or three years in advance about the cap space. So you don't find yourself in a pinch. And so to me, it makes sense how the Cardinals are approaching free agency, re-signing some of their own players. Those thinking of the Calvin Beecham, Antonio Hamilton, and then you're finding other players who are low risk, who are experienced enough, either in the league or with this coaching staff, thinking about linebacker Kaiser White, who was in Philly with defensive coordinator Nick Rollis as his linebackers coach and head coach Jonathan Gannon when Gannon was the defensive coordinator. Thinking about wide receiver Zach Pascal, who was with the Colts and Eagles the same time as Jonathan Gannon, that makes sense to me. Bringing in bringing in those pieces that might not necessarily be of a DeAndre Hopkins or a JJ Watt scale, but can add depth and give you options, and financially speaking, can allow you to still make more moves.
0: Free agency is about plugging holes that you have on your roster, not the many holes that this Cardinals roster has. And keep in mind, I'll go back to the phone calls and the questions that we get asked in December and January late in the season. Fans were adamant that this team needed a reset. Whether it was GM, head coach, roster, they wanted a rebuild, if you will. But I'll use the word reset because Darren has used that word a few times and I like it. This is exactly what fans asked for in December and January. You're getting it now here in March. The difference is, and I understand it, to your point, Danny, when free agency begins, everyone looks for that headline-grabbing move, the splash move. Cardinals have been a part of that over the last several years, not this season. So I get it. It's difficult as a Cardinal fan to watch other teams, whether in your own division, i.e. the 49ers, or outside the division, teams making moves, making those big names. By the way, there were not a lot of names out there on the free agent market. This was not a great free agent class in 2023. But the Cardinals, I think, have taken a very deliberate and patient approach because, remember, you have a brand new set eyes, from the front office to the coaching staff, looking at what this roster currently had and then needs to do in order for Jonathan Gannon to do what he wants to do as a head coach?
1: I understand the sentiment specifically around cornerback Byron Murphy and defensive lineman Zach Allen signing elsewhere. Zach Allen with the Broncos, Byron Murphy with the Vikings. There is so much that goes on in meetings, whether that's with the player and the front office or the coaching staff or with the agents, whoever's involved. It's not necessarily as simple as, oh, the Cardinals could definitely have afforded what the Vikings gave Byron Murphy. Like, why did we let him walk away? That's not necessarily the case. The Cardinals could have offered something to Murphy or Allen for all we know, and they turned it down. Whether that's one, because simply they could get more elsewhere. And two, talking about a reset, the players also need to be somewhere, if they have the option, would want to be somewhere where they feel they can be successful. There's a chance that maybe with the direction of this team, this defense, where it's going, not saying that's bad, maybe that wasn't where Zach Allen and Byron Murphy felt they could have been most successful. Zach Allen went to Denver and followed defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. That, to me, is pretty telling, thinking that he really liked playing for Vance. There's a chance maybe Byron felt the same way, or the fact that he's coming off the year with the back injury where he didn't really play a lot and he wanted to prove a deal. Maybe it didn't make sense to him, to, to play a prove it play it on a prove-it contract with the team that he's been with. Maybe he felt like if you guys don't feel like... like and, and that's normal. The players are allowed to feel that way. So I get the sentiment of being frustrated of not re-signing those players, especially because you could have done it earlier. But that was also a different regime. So while I understand the sentiment, again, of, of feeling frustrated in certain aspects of, of free agency from a Cardinals standpoint... I don't really know what else would be a realistic expectation other than what this front office and coaching staff is already doing.
0: The Zach Allen and Byron Murphy moves elsewhere, I think, is what a lot of people focus on because those were the top two names as far as your own free agents and more Zach to me than Byron. But if Vance is still on this coaching staff, if he was retained by Jonathan Gannon. I'm pretty confident in saying that Zach Allen is still here and potentially even Byron Murphy. Now, when you have a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator, what is their vision for either side of the ball? What are they going to run? What defense are you going to run? Do certain players fit in that scheme? Now, I know JG has said, we don't really have a scheme. It's going to morph into whatever we think is going to get us a win on Sunday. So each week might look different. But right now, you have an idea of what you want to do. Drew Petzing knows what he would like to do. Same with Nick Rollis. Now you're trying to figure out, all right, what players that we have in the locker room or that we know need to go out and get to bring in in order to see if this idea works. And then, as we've heard, get them on the field, and then that's when you make the adjustments. So, look. The reset word, I think, is a perfect word to describe what is happening. I kind of quit it, and I'm going to date myself here, Danny. But video games back in the day?
1: I played video games. I had a Nintendo 64.
0: All right, Nintendo. I'm going even back further than that. Atari 2600, all right? Old school. Where you basically, if things weren't going right for you, you hit the reset button and you pretend that nothing ever happened, and you go back to playing.
1: That's like Nintendo where the game was glitching, so you would take the, the game out and you would blow on the console exactly. to try and get any sort of dust or anything and turn it off and on. Yeah. See, I do get it. Even though different demographics, we still relate, Craig.
0: This is a reset. Now, you hope that this reset is a quick one. It took the Philadelphia Eagles two years from their four-win season to get to the Super Bowl. Is two years realistic? Who knows? But the expectation going into this free agency, I just I find it surprising the reaction locally, nationally. Now, if you're going to compare what the Cardinals have done and what they have not done to the rest of the NFC West, the NFC, the entire NFL, then yeah, I understand where the grades are and where the Cardinals would rank. But where are the Cardinals compared to the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Jets, there are certain order of things right now the cardinals aren't quite there yet they're not that one big free agent name away from contending now you hope things surprise you here in 2023 but the expectation for me based off what had changed from general manager head coach that i just i'm i'm okay with what they're doing because I'm looking big picture as opposed to small picture.
1: And those teams are in very different situations than the Cardinals. The Jets don't have a quarterback. You have Zach Wilson. Okay, but we know why they're doing those moves to get Aaron Rodgers. And and they didn't have other weapons around him. Like Those moves made sense. The Panthers, the moves that they are, are making for these veteran players make sense because they now have the first pick in the draft. They're, they're going to draft a rookie quarterback that's not going to cost you money. It's, it's like what the Chargers have been doing with Justin Herbert or the 49ers. It's you have that money, and so they're putting it elsewhere and other big-name veteran pieces because your quarterback is playing for essentially nothing. The Cardinals are not in that situation. So it's not it's not black and white. You can't compare what the Cardinals are doing to all these other teams because nobody's in the same situation.
0: And keep in mind, this is March. Games don't get played until September. So there is still time to figure out what this roster is going to look like. And then when the schedule comes out, everyone does the win-loss, win-loss, or whatever it is. But you're doing that in May. Teams look entirely different once you get to September and October.
1: If DeAndre Hopkins gets traded, Craig, what is, what is to say the trade would only include draft picks? Who's to say that the team wouldn't it wouldn't also give a player to the Cardinals there are so many options to where things can still happen where the Cardinals can still get more players besides just free agency so it's I know that it's not easy as a fan to sit and be patient especially with nowadays and and the internet and social media everyone wants everything and they want it now and they want it fast and they want it to be big and splashy like that's that's not what you're getting so sit back Enjoy the stillness, enjoy the peace and the quiet and and trust in in these moves. Because you're right, this is what fans have been asking for, for a different approach, for things to look different. That's what you're getting. You need to wait and you need to see how it works before you just start clamoring and complaining about the changes when these are the changes you asked for.
0: You asked for something, you're getting it, now all of a sudden you don't quite like it. Well, you can't have it both ways. So let's just look at what the Cardinals have done as we look at the 15 signings that have been made as we speak here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 15 signings, returning players, new faces, seven of the 15, so almost half, are dealing with the line of scrimmage, whether the offensive line it. or the defensive line. And that is exactly what we've heard from Monty, from JG, and others as far as building this team inside out, whether it's the return of Kelvin Beachum, Will Hernandez, or you're looking outside at a defensive lineman and Kevin Strong, guys that are the foundation because you can't do anything offensively unless you have a solid O-line, and defensively, you need those guys, three men, four men, whomever it is, to be able to stop your opponent if you hope to win.
1: Absolutely, and, and that's also what you were getting in signing LJ Collier, former first-round pick who is with Seattle. He's an outside guy, so... To me, even though we've been told there is no real scheme defensively, which I I, I understand that you're going to be flexible and and adapt throughout the game, these moves tell me that it's going to change from what was a 3-4 to now a 4-3, bringing in Strong and Collier and signing linebacker Kaiser White. So your three linebackers as of now would be White, Savin Collins, and Isaiah Simmons. Likely? I I don't know. We we don't really know where Simmons is going to line up. I'm not sure that the coaching staff quite really knows where Simmons is going to line up. But that's what I am gathering from those free agency moves is you're kind kind of starting to see how this defense will look.
0: Defensively, with the names that are back next season, Rashard Lawrence, Lucky Foto, but it's the one name that Monty mentioned right off the top when he was asked at the Combine about the D-line – He brought up Jonathan Ledbetter, an exclusive rights-free agent, so it was the Cardinals' choice whether or not to bring him back. He signed his one-year tender. But when you ask someone new to the organization about a specific position room, always pay attention to the order in which they list said players. And the fact that Ledbetter got mentioned before Rashard Lawrence, who is very good when healthy. The issue is availability. Leckie Fotu healthy, but still hasn't taken that step forward that you were hoping this late into his career. I know he's still young, but he's had several seasons within the NFL and specifically the Arizona Cardinals. But Ledbetter could be one of those guys, maybe a foundation piece. Again, not a gigantic name out there. Not a gigantic name as far as Zach Allen is concerned. Not going to cost you a lot of money, but someone who is still, I think, 26 years old so he's still relatively young he'll be 26 when the season begins but someone who flashed last season and now this front office wants to see what he can do maybe with more reps on defense
1: I feel the same way when it comes to re-signing cornerback Antonio Hamilton that that kind of feels like the same description to me somebody who might not necessarily shine as your starter per se although he we, with the previous coaching staff, with Cliff Kingsbury, Hamilton had earned that starting role throughout the offseason in training camp and then suffered the burns on his feet, which he had to come back from. But he has played well. Specifically, he had a really good really good year last year. Is he going to be your starting cornerback? Is he going to fill that role of Byron Murphy? Probably not. But he is a good piece for you to have, especially if you don't really know what's going to happen with Simmons and how you're going to start utilizing your defensive backs, but I still think that is a big area that the Cardinals need to address is cornerback. Still. Still. And to me, if you're going to draft someone like a Will Anderson in the draft, it you, you really need to focus maybe with these veterans who are still out in free agency or if you are gonna make a trade, it's still gotta be cornerback or maybe a pass rusher because I don't really know what they're going to do with the offensive line. And that's why I'm kind of keeping it by itself. That That's very intriguing to me with the players that they have already on the roster and they've brought in. I'm kind of curious as to where they envision these players who have experience at multiple positions, where everyone is going to line up, who's going to be your starters, which of your rookies might be ready to, to play this year. But I think with the signings that have been done, I, I do still think – you need a veteran pass rusher. I think this team really struggled with – I feel bad saying without one last year because they had Marcus Golden, but he just didn't shine as your number one. Very different than when he had Chandler Jones opposite of him. So I think pass rusher and and a true starting cornerback opposite of most likely Marco Wilson – those would be the top two needs for me still.
0: Well, typically defensively, you're seeing teams play with three corners much of the time anyway, so you're going to need another body. And I like what you said as far as getting a veteran there, also a veteran edge rusher in addition to, if the Cardinals remain at number 3, drafting Will Anderson. But you can make your secondary look outstanding if you have a strong pass rush.
1: Which the Cardinals didn't last year.
0: And you look at what the Eagles had, was it 70 sacks in the regular season, 15 more than the second closest team which happened to be the Kansas City Chiefs. You get 70 sacks, yeah, your secondary is going to be outstanding because they're going to have the time to cover the wide receivers. And to me that's why I, I, right now I'm I'm hopeful that if it's not number 3, that it's a flip with the Colts and you stay at number 4, to get an extra pick or two. But Will Anderson, I've seen enough. I know he did not work out at Alabama's Pro Day. He was comfortable with what he showed at the scouting combine, and rightfully so. But the more you see of him, the more you hear of him, and in others speak of Will Anderson, there's no red flags. And someone that appears from the outside has that passion for the game, and that is something that does not show up on film or on the stat sheet How much do you love to play football?
1: It's interesting with the Colts, who are at four right now in the draft order, because I saw Thursday afternoon online that reportedly Lamar Jackson is not interested in staying in Baltimore. And of the two teams that were mentioned as places, I can't recall off the top of my head from the tweet if it was where would be good fits or teams that might be interested in him, but the Colts were one of the two teams. And so if the Colts managed to get Lamar Jackson and you're the Cardinals, there's no way you can trade down because the Colts will like, I mean, there, there's a chance now the Colts could trade down for another team if, if the Colts aren't going to need a quarterback. And so then it gets tricky of, okay, how far are you willing to drop if you're Arizona and still get a player that you really want and you think is of that caliber for that pick that could really come in and make an immediate impact for you. So that'll be interesting to see what, if anything, happens with Lamar Jackson and how it, I guess, possibly pertains to the Colts.
0: My biggest fear, though, is if the Cardinals do trade down and they would only go down to what, maybe seven, eight, or nine. I, well, yeah, I
1: think the Falcons are like at eight. And the, looking at the list, that would be the only, like, probably the furthest that would make sense for teams that would want to trade up.
0: You're not going to go outside the top 10. No. That, that, that's just me speculating here, but the biggest fear is the Seahawks at number five. Now they were at Bryce Young's pro day in Alabama. Pete Carroll was there. John Schneider was there. Yes, they have Geno Smith, but it's it's more like a one year deal. And you bring in a young quarterback to learn from a Geno Smith, that would be great for Seattle. The fear though is they take Will Anderson. And then all of a sudden you're seeing a dominant a projected dominant pass rusher, twice a year, for the next nine to ten years.
1: It's an unfortunate fortune. It's an, it's an unfortunate risk you have to take. And if, if that's the case, maybe whoever, if Seattle's trading up, whoever they're trading with, maybe the Cardinals could somehow get involved or anything like that. I mean that that could still open up possibilities. But that's that's crazy that at the third overall pick there is still some worry about about having the player you want taken, especially because there's been so much talk about all these quarterbacks and these teams that need a quarterback. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm not sure that my gu- – I, I don't have any reason. My gut tells me that, like, if the Cardinals are going to trade back, I don't know that that's happening before draft night. Like, to me, at this point, it's, it's when you're on the clock.
0: And that kind of spurs decisions when you know that there is a deadline, manufactured or not. Yeah. I think that's – by the way, I, I wasn't going to – bring this up, but we keep talking about all these quarterbacks and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis have pro days coming up, but do you have thoughts on pro days, on how important throwing against air when you're not in full uniform, not wearing any pads, you're not facing the rush? Because to me, pro days can only hurt you. They can't really help you a ton, but they can hurt you a lot.
1: I feel like I'm. I recently had a birthday. Maybe I feel like I'm getting old because I'm seeing these posts on (laughs) on social media. You're
0: not. You're 27, Danny. That's not old.
1: Thanks. Um, I'm seeing. You know, they and I get it. You have to post things from these big player pro days, but like seeing videos of quarterbacks making these great throws. But it's like threw it on a dime. (laughs) Well, yeah, because he had no no pass rush. Like there was no defender on his receiver running the route. Like. uh, you would hope you wouldn't yes. expect anything less in those perfect scenarios. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me. Like, I, I don't know that there's a need for both a combine and pro days. I mean, I, I, I understand why players might have a preference or if you weighed in at one, why you wouldn't weigh in at the other, or if you did this drill at one, you wouldn't do in the other because you don't want to do anything to hurt your stock value. But like, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh. Is it is it really that great that we're seeing? Like, you obviously parts parts you can see their skill and you can see their speed and their strength. And I understand that for different positions, but I'm kind of at the point where I'm seeing these videos of these quarterbacks making these throws or these wide receivers running these routes, right? And it's like, or even running back. I'm like, well, yeah, like it 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 should look that good because it's perfect conditions. There's nothing getting in their way.
0: It's great programming, and it's great.
1: It's networking. I don't want to say networking, but these teams that are getting a chance to talk with these players, there's obviously pros to it. I don't know.
0: It gives you material, and it helps fill the void until you get to the draft.
1: Right. Another another chance to see and speak with these players.
0: By the way, you brought up offensive line. Let's briefly touch on what the Cardinals have done as far as we talked about bringing back Will Hernandez and Kelvin Beecham, but the two new names on the offensive line, Dennis Daly and Yelda Froholt, again, Not huge moves, even returning Beacham and Hernandez, but trying to plug in where are all these pieces going to play. And I know Dennis Daly's news of his signing got a lot of attention. Look, he is not going to be a starting tackle. If anything, he provides depth at that position. But I could see, because of his connection with Monty Austin Ford, him getting moved inside to either guard position, perhaps left guard, you know, Will is going to play on the right side, but there is a hole at left guard, and then there is a hole at center, and you've got to figure out what you're doing with Josh Jones with Kelvin Beachum on the right side or DJ Humphreys, and those those moving parts. I'm very curious what the Cardinals decide to do.
1: Absolutely, I I like the idea of having competition at right tackle with Beecham and Jones because if Jones doesn't beat Beecham out again. Okay, he's on the last year of his, his rookie contract. Maybe maybe this coaching staff says, you know what, it'll be time to move on. Josh Jones has said himself he is more comfortable on the left side. He's not going to be your starting left tackle. That's DJ Humphreys. But maybe he could be your left guard because Justin Pugh is a free agent coming off an ACL injury. Maybe Josh Jones becomes your left guard. What do you do at center? Is a LaSita Smith possibly ready? Is a Marquise Hayes? Possibly ready. I don't know about that, but you. There's just a lot of questions um, that need need answers <laughs> because right now, while you are getting some depth pieces, you still don't have your starting O line. I like the Beecham signing. I like it from his play, um, his durability, and what we saw last year. Which we've seen every year. He's been a cardinal of fighting. And, and playing through injuries and, and really wanting to be out there and being a leader through example. And I like the leadership in the locker room. And I know that there was a recent comment on a radio show, which if you only saw the graphic online, you, you didn't really get to hear the nuance of how he was saying it when it came to Kyler Murray's leadership. Because Beecham said that Murray has a talent and he has the potential basically to – I'm paraphrasing. To be a good leader, he just kind of needs to grow up and mature. And people really ran with that, which was interesting to me because that's all the media has been saying about Kyler Murray for years, was that he was young and he has constantly been in, in successful situations, hasn't really faced a lot of adversity, right? So now could be a good time for him to step up as a leader. But suddenly when someone else says that, <laughs> it, it's, oh my gosh, where did that come from? That's so new to us. That's wild. Because it it's
0: not sourced. It's not unnamed. Yes. It's actual.
1: And and if, I, I obviously don't know the answer to this, but I would imagine that something along those lines, that conversation has probably been had in person from how I feel. I know Kelvin Beecham as a person from I countless experiences and, and time around him. Um, and I also don't think he's going to BS you. He's not going to say one thing to your face and then go say another behind a door. He, he is a very stand-up guy. He won the Good Guy Award because of how often and how honest he was with the media last year, especially with offensive line coach Sean Kugler in that situation um, when he was let go. And it was Beecham who represented the offensive line room who spoke to the media when nobody else wanted to so I like having that leadership I like having a veteran in there who is going to hold not only himself but others accountable and we hear from JG high character I would imagine that is Kelvin Beecham embodied
0: two other high character players that the Cardinals have added. New faces in that locker room. One on defense, one on offense. Kaiser White and Zach Paschal, both with connections to JG in Philadelphia. I know you had a chance to sit down with both in the brand new SeatGeek studio to talk with them, but I... I also want to direct fans also to azcardinals.com and the stories that Darren Urban wrote on both of those players because what you'll notice in your sit-down with Zach is what he was wearing. The T-shirt that across the front said, Bet on Yourself. And here's someone who's been in the league for five seasons but is two years removed from a great season in Indianapolis. Last year, more special teams. When you're behind an A.J. Brown and a Devontae Smith, you're not going to get a lot of the attention. But hearing your interview, reading the story that Darren did on Zach, and then hearing Zach Pascal on the Big Red Rage, this is a wide receiver by definition, but a football player by trade who, goes again, goes back to do you love the game, and you could hear it in his voice, see it in his face, Zach Pascal loves the game of football. Whatever you ask him to do, he's going to do it.
1: That's a great way to describe it. And I feel like what's so interesting is not that he came off as a different person, but I feel like Darren's article, my interview in the studio, and Paul's interview on the Big Red Rage, which you can find under the podcast tab on azcardinals.com, is that you basically got a different piece and understanding, not him as a person, but also Pascal as a player. With Darren, the bet on yourself t-shirt and and how he got here. In my interview, he talked a lot about basically that not just being a wide receiver, but being a football player and and how that passion and desire to work hard and that shows up in his game and his connection with JG and the opportunities that being an Arizona Cardinal, not only playing with a quarterback like Kyler Murray, but the rest of the wide receivers and what that presents to him. And because of the last couple of years, those reasons you mentioned, he has really been his game has really been prevalent in terms of being a blocker and on special teams. But his interview with Paul Calvisi, he talked about he can still be a wide receiver. His receiving ability is still good. And so I feel like when you look at all those different pieces of content, it was really great. And it it, it encapsulates him as a whole through all those different pieces.
0: And where he fits in that wide receiver room with or without a DeAndre Hopkins, if you lose D-Hop, then all of a sudden with Zach, you have that six foot frame six foot two specifically you have your Antoine Wesley if Tweezy doesn't come back you have that wide receiver plus the ability to play special teams longtime Cardinal fans will remember Trent Shurfield wide receiver who was a demon on special teams because in order if you're if you're not a top two or three wide receiver and I don't know where Zach would fall on the pecking order behind Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch Because once, first of all, you need to be available. And a lot of those wide receivers I have named, not named Greg Dortch, haven't been available. And Pascal has not missed a game in the last, or he's missed one game over the last five seasons. So he is available. If you are dressed because of your ability on special teams as a position player, then all of a sudden you are available for that offense or defense in this case wide receiver to where all of a sudden if you don't play special teams you're not going to be dressed and you're not going to be available and Hollywood Brown doesn't play special teams Rondell Moore I think he's gotten to the point where he is available as a kick returner, but if he is utilized more as an offensive player, then those kick return duties, punt return duties kind of get lessened a little bit. So there is going to be a role for Zach Paschal, and I'm sure he hopes that it's more as an offensive player than just on special teams.
1: And when you talk about his height at 6'2", it's not just the height that compares with someone like an Antoine Wesley. Paschal has the size. He, in terms of he, he is, he's not as hmm, slim as Tweezy. How about that? <laughs> He's he got some more muscle to him. Um, and I like that you talked about the durability. That's something that stands out to me about newest linebacker Kaiser White as well. Somebody who has been durable throughout his career. Somebody who understands the scheme and the nuances and the language and the expectations of a Nick Rollis and a Jonathan Gannon, which can be helpful as the rest of the team, the rest of the defense learns all of that in, in their new scheme.
0: And Pascal and White, are similar again this is this is without knowing either one of them but just going off of what we've read in the small interactions that we've had but they remind me of someone already in that Cardinals locker room
1: hmm, wait can I have a guess can I have go a ahead hint? give me a hint the two like personality wise
0: no they're the how they approach the game of football their love of the game and the fact that they're always
1: can I have a hint like a position room
0: well, if I gave you the position room, you'd get it, guess it automatically. Oh, so I'll give you the side of the ball, defense. Buda Baker. There you go.
1: Yay! Cool. Someone Sorry, who, carry on.
0: Someone who is, one, doesn't matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to be out there on that football field on Sunday. And again, goes back to your sit-down with Kaiser and Zach, and again, the articles that were written on azcardinals.com their love, I keep going back to their love for the game, their passion for the game. And I think that kind of that kind of a voice is needed in that Cardinals locker room. And Buda Baker has become more of a vocal leader, but most has been lead by example. But I can hear Kaiser and Zach's voices, even though they're brand new, but the one thing that they have that no one else currently in that locker room has is that relationship with the head coach and then for White, the defensive coordinator, Nick Rollis. They know exactly that Philadelphia mentality that perhaps is now going to be here in Arizona.
1: It's interesting you keep saying that of the mentality and, and loving the game and working hard because that, again, is something we've just constantly heard from Gannon in terms of what type of player are you looking for, especially if you don't really have a set scheme? How do you know what kind of player you're looking for? And all we've constantly heard, and Monty Awesomefort said in his introductory press conference as well, is no egos. Everybody here is going to be team-focused. Like, that Like that, that—that—that is what your focus is, is not me, but how can I help the team? And that's exactly what you're talking about now with those two players.
0: And again, with the signings that have been made, nothing... No contract's been signed for more than two years. So it's hope you catch lightning in the bottle. Guys who are looking for an opportunity maybe to restart, reset their careers, and this be a springboard to a longer-term deal. And who knows? Sometimes, yeah, talent wins, but sometimes it's the sum of the parts that is greater than the individuals that you perhaps have in that locker room.
1: Real quick, I do want to, briefly talk about another signing that is interesting to me, and that is quarterback David Blau, who was re-signed on a one-year deal. So right now, your backup quarterbacks are Colt McCoy and Blau. And you know that Kyler Murray is not expected to be ready to start the season. We're not sure how many games. And we also know that Colt McCoy had some mysterious procedure done at the start of the offseason. So is the signing of Blau because that's going to be your true quarterback competition of your starting backup quarterback likely to be your starter at the start of the 2023 season is signing Blau more so to give you time so that you have a quarterback to get you through some of these offseason workouts. If Colt McCoy isn't going to be healed and ready to go, and then maybe you draft younger quarterback or after the draft and, and as rosters start getting set, you end up finding another young quarterback to go behind Colt McCoy. I'm not really sure what is going to come from this David Blau Um, re-signing. Again, maybe it is him and Colt McCoy, and that's who you're rocking with as your backup quarterbacks. But maybe there's also more to it. That was just something that was a little interesting to me.
0: I read into it that Kyler Murray, while he is going to miss time, how much time? Maybe it's not two months, three months, to where you would go out and get a proven veteran starter, someone that many people had uh, connected the dots, a Jacoby Brissett, because now with the Commanders, he can be that starter, but you're not going to bring in that quarterback who thinks they are a starter, but they're only going to be guaranteed one game, two games, four games, and then you also got to factor in the dynamics in that quarterback room, someone who thinks they're coming in to be the starter, but you already have your starter who's rehabbing. And how do they mesh together? And then you connect the dots. New assistant general manager Dave Sears from the Detroit Lions. That's where David Blau began his career with the Lions. So there is already some familiarity with at least somewhat of the new regime with Blau coming back after just two starts to end last season.
1: Yeah, I think we'll we'll learn more, obviously, in the next coming weeks, couple of months of how all of these – signings and the draft picks kind of fall into place but it's definitely it was an interesting signing I'm not that doesn't mean I don't like it doesn't mean I don't understand it I just think there's a couple of possibilities behind it
0: we have not heard from Monty or JG since your sit down at the scouting combine so all the questions that we have going back full circle here Questions because that's what we do here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, is ask the questions. Now we just need someone to answer the questions that we have, and there are only two individuals that can answer those questions, and that would be the general manager and head coach.
1: I thought you were going to say Darren Urban <laughs> answering our question of whether or not we're doing the mailbag for him.
0: I'd have to go upstairs and ask.
1: Which if we are, give us good questions. Uh, you know what? Ask us questions oh. you want answers to about Darren.
0: Bingo yeah i'm liking this Mm -hmm. maybe i don't say anything to darren we just (laughs) solicit these questions when he's away
1: and then he has no say yeah although we know darren on vacation he's still gonna have his phone out and he's still gonna be checking
0: his laptop and you just can't get away from it all right good stuff i'm glad we cleared everything up here as far as specifically the mailbag first and foremost but our thoughts (laughs) on what the cardinals have done so far and free agency always a good conversation appreciate it Danny and on that note we'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer Jim Almahundro. for Danny Sarek I'm Craig Riolu we'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2